I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. I don't know where you want to start, but we may as well start talking about that Panthers offense, right? I mean... Uh, you draft Bryce Young, number one overall. You think, you know, it's going to turn it around a little bit, but he struggled a lot this year. And I do think one of the coolest things about this week was listening to Bryce um, Bryce Young talk about how much Tua Tungvaluwa meant to him going to Alabama. I'm sure you saw the quote about, um, you know, he, he was, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he was committed to Oregon or somewhere in the Pac-12. Saw Tua Tungvaluwa and what he did with that Bama offense. Went there, won a Heisman, um, won national championship. But these two guys have mutual respect for each other. But on the season, 92 of 144 for 740 yards, five touchdowns, four interceptions. And this, to me, Merrick, was the biggest surprise. I thought he was more of a mobile quarterback. You know that used some of those legs and his mobility. He only has eight rushes this season for 65 yards. So give me your breakdown on Bryce Young. You know what you like about his game. We heard uh, Mike McDaniel rave about him, saying how he's a very good young player. He's going to be around the league for a very long time. But so far this year, he's been outplayed by C.J. Stroud, maybe even Anthony Richardson. And that's honestly been the talk surrounding the Carolina Panthers with that 0-5 start. Yeah, and we can sit here and we can talk about Bryce Young and we can we can talk about his lackluster stats so far. But, I mean, we're Dolphins fans. Bryce Young was compared to Tua Tungabailoa throughout his entire college career. And heading into the draft, people said his closest comp was Tua. Uh, we remember how, how Tua's uh, tenure with the Miami Dolphins started out. You know, he has right now Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, Raheem Mostert, Devon Achan when healthy. He has weapons surrounding him. That was not the case when Tua was a rookie in the NFL. Tua was throwing to Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, uh, Mike Gesicki, uh, all guys who have their strong suits. However, I was waiting for you to go Isaiah Ford and Lim Bowden. I thought you were going <laughs> to throw that shade at me, Preston Williams, some of those other guys. Yeah, those guys, you know, they're NFL players for the, for a reason. They have their strong suits, but uh, separation, not one of them. And when you are a quarterback that necessarily doesn't have the strongest arm out there and you win with timing and accuracy, you need pass catchers who are going to get that separation or going to get open so you can put the ball on the numbers and, and try to get some yak. 
Tua didn't have that when he was a rookie. Tua didn't have that his, his second year in the NFL. Um, you know, they've built the, the weapons around him, but the Panthers are looking to do that. And they haven't done that yet. I mean, take a look at their number one pass catcher. That would be former Minnesota Vikings wide receiver, Adam Thielen, who is a 33 year old wide receiver in the NFL. 33 in real life doesn't sound that bad. I'd actually like to be 33 again, but 33 in NFL years, you might as well be 75 years old for, for what, for what that means, uh, you know, in the NFL, but Adam Thielen, uh, actually doing some pretty good things for the Panthers this year. Last week against the Lions, he had 11 receptions for 107 yards and a touchdown. And if that's not a, a Jalen Waddle rookie year stat line, then I don't know what is, but 11 catches for 107 yards and a touchdown. So he can still do some damage. Um, you mentioned Bryce Young, five touchdowns on the year. That's not great through five games. However, he did have three of those touchdown passes last week against the Lions. He had three touchdowns, 247 yards, but he did have uh, two interceptions on the day, which brought his QB rating down to like 82 point something. Uh, so listen, I would venture to say the Panthers offense is actually better than the Giants offense that the Dolphins faced last week but not by much. So I, I, I'm not predicting a big day for, for that Carolina Panthers offense. Uh, this Dolphins defense, they've had their ups and downs this season when they, when they face good offenses like the Chargers and the Bills. They kind of get ran through a little bit. But when they face bad offenses like the Broncos and the Patriots and, and uh, the Giants last week especially, they do a damn good job. So this looks like a game more on the side of those latter teams that I was mentioning and, and less like those juggernauts, like the Chargers and the bills. So I do expect a good day for the dolphins defense. Um, but it might not be as, as dominating of a performance as it was last week against the giants. Yeah. I do wonder how much um, he runs the ball more given, you know, Miami has always notoriously been bad at stopping those mobile quarterbacks. Um, before we continue on with the Carolina Panthers, Omar Kelly, um, this is a little bit, disheartening we need to find out this is regarding Connor Williams we need to find out more information but we don't want to put him through the rigors of practice Mike McDaniel and Connor Williams so it sounds like he might not practice sounds like that injury might be worse than you know you hope to I mean you don't want Connor Williams being hurt when your backup is Liam Eikenberg and I think that's just poor planning from the Dolphins heading into the year having that as your backup center but it is what it is and again we're going against Carolina Panthers so before we move on Merrick any quick thoughts on that because um that's not the news I wanted to hear on Friday the 13th no, you certainly don't want to hear uh, that that Connor Williams is not practicing again, hasn't practiced all week. It is strange, you know, coming off a, a game where he did play all of the snaps uh, for the Dolphins at center, and it didn't seem like he got re-injured. But, you know, that's the thing about these, these soft tissue pulls and strains. They continue to bother you unless you rest them. So maybe it's a, a situation where – they wanted to see what happened after Williams played. He played the full game against the Giants and he came out of it feeling a little worse for wear. And they're looking at the Panthers at 0-5 and saying, you know what? If we're going to allow Williams to miss a game, this is the game we want him to miss so that he can be healthy for Sunday night football next week against the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. You know, if you had to pick, who would you rather uh, Williams face? I think you, I think we'd all pick uh, the, the Eagles in that scenario. But uh, we'll just have to see what happens. It sounds like they're leaving the, the the door cracked a little bit for Williams to play this week. But I would, you know, just me personally, as of right now, I would say it's probably unlikely that Williams suits up. 
Yeah, and he also mentioned uh, they're trying to keep Jalen Will Will Jalen Phillips from himself. I guess he wants to play, but they're trying to keep him healthy and back, and I think they're going to make a decision on Jeff Wilson. So just some injury notes there before we get back into this. You mentioned Adam Thielen. Um, 38 receptions, 394 yards, three touchdowns on the season. He's mostly a slot wide receiver, right? So, I mean, Darth Cater, Cater Kohu versus Adam Thielen. I mean, how do you feel about that matchup? I like Darth Cater, what he does in the slot. But like you mentioned, man, Adam Thielen is a suave 33-year-old vet that is, you know, having a bit of a resurgence. So do you see that being a matchup that could be of concern? And then what do you think about guys like DJ Chark, Jonathan Mingo? I have LaVisca Chenault down there with the running backs, but... Hayden Hurst as well. I mean, we're listing off those uh, skill players, and you can see why Bryce Young might be struggling, right? I mean, DJ Chark has some potential. Jonathan Mingo, I think that was a guy that some fans were saying that you can convert to maybe tight end. But, I mean, you're looking at this list, and you just you got to feel a little bit sorry for Bryce Young. And, again, they're rebuilding. They're 0-5. It is what it is. But, um, again, how do you feel about these matchups with the Dolphins' secondary against their wide receivers? You know, I think I think the Dolphins certainly have the advantage there. If you're looking at Adam Thielen as the number one option, you you do have you do have the advantage. If he's your number one guy, then then that's not saying much for your offense. At least in 2023, and, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you know, in the past, I, I owned Adam Thielen in fantasy multiple times. You know, just you could always get him in those middle rounds, and you knew he was going to be solid on a pass-heavy offense like the Minnesota Vikings, but you know, those, those days are gone. And you know, he is actually performing well in, in fantasy for the Panthers, but like you mentioned, uh, Cater Kohu going to be tasked with covering Thielen this week. And I'm sure both guys will win their fair share of the battles. But I think in that matchup, I do like Cater a little bit better. He's younger and he plays much better in the slot than he has on the outside. So, so Cater versus Thielen, give me Cater. And then, and then, yeah, like you said, you got guys, that can do some things in DJ Chark on the outside, maybe send them deep a little bit, but will that offensive line have enough time, you know, blocking for Bryce Young? Will they have enough time to, to let Bryce throw the ball deep or will the Dolphins defense uh, be smothering him like they did against Daniel Jones last week? I just, then you got Deshaun Elliott back there in the secondary, Javon Holland back there in the sec secondary. Xavier Howard has is has been having a, a pretty darn good year, a resurgent year now that he's healthy off those multiple groin injuries from last year. Uh, I just I don't see this offense of the Panthers being much of a threat. Again, last week uh, they played a little bit better than they had for the rest of the season leading up to that game against the Lions, but at least offensively, I would say the Lions are, are the most comparable team to the Dolphins that the Panthers have played so far. And that was their biggest loss <laughs> this season, what the Panthers to the Lions last week. So if, if we believe that the Dolphins are a better team than the Lions, which I do, then I, I still expect a, a pretty significant margin of victory for the Dolphins against the Panthers. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. One quick question before we move on to the backs and the offensive line. Do you think that maybe we see some Cam Smith um, this weekend? I know Vic Fangio said he's knocking on the door. I mean, I don't know exactly what that means or how far out he is, but if you were going to throw him out there and give him some reps against a defense, I mean, we're listening off these skill players. Do you think that could happen this weekend? And again, especially when we were talking about in the last pod, I mean, we we expect this to almost be like a preseason game if everything works out as planned, right? And we get to see Mike White to uh, a Robbie Chosen revenge game or uh, Chase Claypool or whatever. So do you think we see Cam Smith? And if not, when do you think he he will get that time because it does sound like he's moving in the right direction, which we all want to hear. You got to see him at some point, right? Like they drafted him for a reason. And not only did they draft him, they drafted him with their first selection. It was in the second round, but it was the Dolphins first selection. And and McDaniel really wanted Devon Achan there. Uh, but, but Chris Greer liked Cam Smith so much, or maybe Fangio liked Cam Smith so much that they said, no, 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 hold on. We'll grab Cam Smith and then we'll come back and get Achan in the, in the third round. But they probably said A-Chain because his name was still pronounced A-Chain at that time. So now I've just screwed myself and I'm going to mispronounce it throughout the rest of this episode. But uh, but they liked Cam Smith for a reason. I don't know what he did to get into the doghouse. And maybe he's not necessarily in the doghouse. Maybe he's just a rookie. And Vic Fangio is maybe the type of old school guy that doesn't trust rookies uh, to go out there and, and perform at a high level early on in the season. So maybe he's hoping to see a little bit more out of Smith in practice, get him, uh, you know, ease him into games. But again, if you're going to play him against any team, why not the 0-5 Carolina Panthers? So to your point, Josh, if this game does get out of hand and Cam Smith is active, yeah, I think we'll see a lot of Cam Smith, at least in the fourth quarter of this one. And I, for one, would be, you know, excited to watch that because I think he – is a player who showed a lot of promise in training camp, a lot of a lot of promise in preseason. And if he is the future of the Dolphins secondary, then I want to see what he can do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I want to see him out there and just to see what he's capable of. And again, I think this would be the perfect game to do it. Um, Carolina's throwing the ball 69% of the time this year. Nice. nice. Um, and they're running the football uh, 31% of the time. So let's talk about their running backs, that running back unit that is, uh, I guess, Miles Sanders is at the top of it, right? I mean, he's been banged up all season long, hasn't really lived up to the hype. 61 carries, 190 yards, one touchdown on the year. Chuba Hoop. Chuba Hubbard, right? I think I said that yes. right. He's getting some carries in the backfield, 35 carries, 154 yards. I think Sanders is a game-time decision, or he's still uh, – he didn't practice, right? I think that's what I said earlier. Yeah, and then he LaVisca, has his own groin injury, I believe. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm a real big Miles Sanders stand, but you've, it almost seems like, you know, he needed to get that contract here. Uh, he went out there and balled, and now, you know, he's kind of turned into a pumpkin a little bit. But they're also using LaVisca Chenault, and he's a guy who I really liked in the pre-draft process. They're using him in a way, you know, 11 rushes, 53 yards. He also has four receptions. He's a guy who really hasn't lived up to the hype, but I do feel like he's a bit of a playmaker. So um, how do you feel about that running back unit and their offensive line? Because I'm looking over it, and, you know, the 45th, ranked tackle out of 72 the 78th ranked guard out of 78 i mean you go down a list and there's some there's some ways the dolphins can exploit that offensive line especially with how good our defensive line has looked yeah uh boy listen the dolphins defense through five games this year they're giving up 115.8 rushing yards per game at a four yards per carry clip so if this panthers offense wants to move the ball against the Dolphins, you would think they might be able to do it at least relatively successful on the ground. But on the year, Miles Sanders, you mentioned it, he's averaging just 3.1 
3.1 yards per carry on the ground, uh, dealing with his own groin injury. Like you said, Chuba Hubbard might uh, carry the load this week. LaVisca Chenault, like, I'm sorry, but those names don't scare me. You know, we're not talking Jonathan Taylor. We're not talking Saquon Barkley. We're not talking Christian McCaffrey, who used to play for the Carolina Panthers. We're talking Chuba Hubbard and a converted wide receiver who uh, already wore out his welcome from the team that drafted him, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and now he's on the, the Carolina Panthers. And it's just like, I'm trying to find ways that the Panthers could win this ball game, but it just feels damn near impossible. And I think if you simulated this game a hundred times on Madden, the Dolphins would win at least 99 times and maybe all a hundred because they're just a much better team than the Carolina Panthers are. Now you may be able to clip this episode up into multiple segments to make us look really stupid if things don't go the Dolphins way on Sunday, but I just don't foresee that happening. The Dolphins are a better team. And I, I do think you know, they're a better team on offense. They're a better team on defense. They're a better coach team. And I think they're going to show that on Sunday. And I think they're absolutely going to dominate this game. Yeah, I'm with you. And I'm looking at the injury report again. Taylor Moten was also their tackle, right tackle. I mean, he would be going up against what? Andrew Van Ginkle most likely. And the way Gink's been playing, I mean, that seems like a matchup that they could exploit, especially if Moten can't go. So um, give me your thoughts on the defensive line. Maybe, you know, who... How many sacks does this defensive line get? And, you know, who's the standout getting the pressure there? I mean, I know this is just like a, um, you know, a hypothetical thing, but I just w thought it'd be interesting to get your opinion on who leads this team in sacks on the on the on on Sunday and, you know, how much pressure they do get on Bryce Young. Yeah, and speaking of that defensive line, you know, trying to keep an eye on this Mike McDaniel presser as it's happening while we're recording. And he does continue to say, and maybe you mentioned this earlier and I missed it, but Jalen Phillips is still dealing with that oblique injury. And it does, you know, if you're reading the tea leaves here, it does sound like the team wants him 100% healthy and ready to go against teams like the Eagles, against teams like the Chiefs in a, in a couple weeks. You know, it goes Eagles, Patriots, then Chiefs. But it feels like McDaniel is leaning towards letting Jalen Phillips sit again. And I think, you know, you have the luxury of doing that. When you take a look at Andrew Van Ginkle this season, he is having a monster year for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, you know, I said it earlier this week, but I do believe so far he's been Miami's best pass, pass rusher this season. He has four sacks, should have five sacks. He got a sack taken away. You know, it was actually the sack that injured Daniel Jones last week. And Daniel Jones is out this week with a neck injury. You never you never like to see that neck injuries are pretty serious, especially in the game of football. And this is the second one that he has suffered in a, in a couple seasons here. So, uh, you know, thoughts with Daniel Jones here. But as far as the Dolphins and the Panthers go, Andrew Van Ginkle is that dude like is that dude this year? And I expect a good game from him. You'd love to see some more sacks from Bradley Chubb. And he is affecting the opposing quarterback. He is getting in there for pressures and hurries, uh, but he's just not getting to the quarterback. It's kind of like we've been saying about Jalen Phillips for the past couple of years. He's, he's getting there. He's getting close, but he's not turning them into sacks. So Bradley Chubb, you get paid a lot of money, like a lot of money, over $100 million on that contract, I do believe, which the Dolphins signed him to after they traded a first-round pick to get him. So the Dolphins have a lot invested in Bradley Chubb, and – you know, they, they pay you to affect the passer and he's doing that, but they also pay you to get those sack numbers so we can put them in the stat sheet and we can point to those numbers and say, Hey, look, we did a good job when we traded that first round pick for you and gave you all that money. Look at us. We're smart. And I, I would believe that Chris Greer 
is pulling Chubb aside every now and again and saying, yo, dude, what's up? When are you going to get those sack numbers up? So maybe this is the week it happens. Maybe we see a sack or two from Bradley Chubb. I would love to see that. Um, but but if not, ABG is the guy that that's going to rack those numbers up. And I, I'm looking towards a, or looking for a big game from AVG this week once again. Yeah, I'm with you. And to the point with AVG, I think we all saw Vic Fangio's presser yesterday and he, you know, mentioned that he should probably still be out in the field when Jalen Phillips comes back. So he views him as uh, an edge rusher. I think he also views him as an inside linebacker. So we kind of alluded to maybe, you know, him taking Jerome Baker's spot a little bit and sit current different situations. So we'll see the way it all plays out. But I think we can both agree that the Dolphins defense should match up well with this offense and should have success. I mean, there's no reason they shouldn't go out there and, you know, make life a hell for Bryce Young in that offense, but stranger things have happened.